What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. time to listen to us whine about our O-line failing all at once. We are some of those masochistic fools who daying to the bone, no doubt about it. And welcome back to Fuck You, We Like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Sitting across from me is Lloyd Johnson. As always, Dude, okay, so I want to bring this up. Before the podcast, Lloyd and I had an angsty music fest. Oh, we dug through some some early 2000s. So it started off with Stained. It started off with Stained. It was like, what? Uh, uh, what was that one song? Um, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, so well, I just turned music on, just like trying to get an idea for like something to do for the song for today. Yeah, and we, and we came to a consensus of Green Day, because everyone knows Basket Case. It's, yeah. it's my favorite Green Day song. The part you guys don't get is about the first 30, the 30 minutes before we record each episode, is me and Alex like, well, what song do you want to do? And I'm like, ah, fuck, I didn't think about one. And yep. we back and forth, and then we figure something out, and he goes super, like, guy who can sing, trying to fit stuff together. And I'm <laughs> like, no, let's do it by a syllable count, because I can't sing for shit. Yeah. So it, it's always a fun back and forth. And we just got into like this, uh, this off the cuff music deep bender. dive. Yeah, we're, a bender. We're like, we're like, no, no, no. Let me show you this one. Let me show you this one. Yeah, dude. And it was I'm, like I'm metal. Explaining. It ranged from like fucking the U. We had a, like a. I'm gonna listen to the used a lot. Because... Yeah. I, I, so as we were going through stuff, I'm trying to find something I like that I know Alex will like for sure. And the more info I got back and forth, I'm like, oh, the used. Okay, that's where we're yep. going. I need to listen to them more. Like I'm gonna because when I'm at the gym, usually I'll listen to Discover Weekly on Spotify, which that has like saved my playlist. I have a playlist of over like 250 songs. That's like songs I've just found on Discover Weekly. See, my problem is that when I try to go, my Spotify lists are so erratic all over the place that, like your daily mixes and shit yeah they have no idea what to give me next <laughs> so like uh whenever i do like the discover weeklies it's like oh here's norwegian death metal <laughs> and the new taylor swift song <laughs> are like, you a swifty at all no but according to spotify i probably am because there's stuff i'll listen to like sia or 
I, I we were talking uh, about this before. I really like Sia. I do too. I'm a big big fan of that. She's uh, super weird, but she's also I mean super weird, but she makes it work. But she's also a crazy talented vocalist. Yeah. I, so I was explaining this to Alex. I like anything where there's a huge amount of talent. I don't care what it is. You show me the best cricket player ever, <laughs> and I'll watch it if I can tell what they're doing is... Takes talent. Crazy skillful. Like five-finger death punch. Well, this episode was fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was fun for me. <laughs> Just saw Lloyd, like, die inside a little uh, bit. Yeah, I, I we were sh- so Lloyd and I, before the podcast, we were, like, shitting on our, like, bands that, like... Or like think they're more they think they're better than they actually are, or just like bands that are like really shitty human beings. I used to like Five Finger Death Punch a lot, but I realized that they think they are way better than they actually are. Yeah, when you get Dave Grohl shitting on you, who's the nice, arguably one of the nicest people in music. Literally, there's a quote from Jack Black saying that Dave Grohl is the nicest person he knows, and Jack Black seems like a really nice guy. Oh, a hundred percent. And Dave Grohl shit on those guys unabashedly he's like they're some of the worst human beings I've ever met but they think they're the best yeah like <clears throat> and they, they're terrible they're terrible they're just Ivan Moody is such a pretentious dick his name should just be Moody <laughs> man I would have bet on like who Dave Grohl would have thought was like the worst singer of all time or like the worst people he's ever met wouldn't you, wouldn't you bet on that well, I don't know, like, again, I don't know that he necessarily was commenting on their ability so much as just them. Yeah. But, like, if you had to go, if if Dave Grohl put out a contest, I'm like, hey, who do you think is the worst sing or who do you think are the worst people in music that you've ever met, and you had to bet on who you think those people would be? R. Kelly. Ian Watkins of Lost Prophets. But <laughs> I will elaborate on that after the ad read, but no, where would you go? Where, if I, had to, if I had to bet, I'd go to BetOnline.ag. I would go to BetOnline.ag as well. Um, yeah, because the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, here's why Ian Watkins of Lost Profits is the worst person in music history. Because you haven't met the lead singer of Eve 6? I can top it. Probably. Tell your Eve six. Tell your Eve six story first. Uh, I was at. This, I, this is a really funny story. I was in Louisville, and uh, I was at uh, some friends of mine were playing a show. They're, they're musicians, and um, <clears throat> whatever venue they were originally at, or no, 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 the venue they were at held up, and the other venue next to it, or up the street from it somehow was not able to hold up their end. So Eve Six and the bands that were with them ended up playing the show with my friend's band. And uh, we literally, we went to a Perkins afterwards. Oh, man, throwback. And um, I liked Perkins. We were there for probably four hours. 
No shit. There's still a Perkins over in uh, Mahalfi. No shit. Or North College Hill. Yeah, North College there Hill. Some, there used to be one in Anderson Township that I would go to every now and then. That's like very Bob Evans-esque. Which, by right. the way, hot take, Bob Evans fucking slaps. Go on. No, you, no argument there. So good. All right, but uh, so in the time we were at this Perkins, it's basically just the musicians that were on the show and a handful of people that were there. And like I said, my friends were one of the bands that played, so I was there with them. Okay. Um, like I was staying. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. At one of them's house, so like I had to just... And has Eve Six been relevant since the '90s? Really? Oh, this is back in the like the late '90s, like during their heyday. Yeah, well, right after their heyday, really. Yep. But within a three-hour period, the lead singer had said the same sentence to me multiple times. <laughs> it was like, you know, none of us were like over 19 when we recorded that first album, and uh, <clears throat> it went double platinum. Like, like he just had like this pre-prepared. It's like spiel. he's hating on you in a way. What's, no, it's like, hey, you know, you just told me this 40 minutes ago. <laughs> and then if you saw how he was around any female that was in the room, shut it the fuck down. He was the worst? Yeah, he was very um, Brian Callany. Oh, man. He got booked to, did he get booked to Helium, too? Probably. Did you see that whole thing about Oh, Brian? yeah, yeah. I bit my lip. I didn't <laughs> say anything. Dwight, I'm, I love you. Dwight Simmons, I fucking love that man. I do too. I uh, I wanted to, to to comment a little bit. But I just let it. I wanted to put ride. this on Facebook. I told this to Billy DeBoer. I'll say this on the podcast, but it says it goes nowhere else because, as you know, Brianna Taylor, um, her the cops that were in that shot her, two got um, one was charged with wanton endangerment. You saw that wanton. Wanton endangerment. I said wanton. Whatever. I don't even know what the charge is. I mean, I know it's wanton endangerment. <clears throat> it's, uh... He got in trouble for missing. Yeah. He got in trouble for missing the black woman hitting the white walls. Yep, and the other two cops got uh, headlining weekends at Helium. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. That, it's not... Like, I feel bad for Helium because I know that, like, they have deals set up ahead of time and whatever, like... It's probably a real pain in the ass for them to to stop something that was booked or, or not. Yeah, and because the GM there, Avery Avery Dellinger, I believe, he's a really good dude. He's approachable. I can talk to him. 
And that's very, it's not very common with a lot of bookers I met. Right, I, I just, I think that probably was something that was already in the works. It was because helium's a, <clears throat> a chain. Yeah. And it was determined by the higher-ups. So it's probably beyond Avery's control. He's like, fuck, I don't want to do this. Right, which I think there's a lot of that with. So <clears throat> I don't want to shit on helium. and. I love that club. I've done that club a few times. The I had a weekend I... there prior to COVID, but it got lost. I was supposed to be, uh, go with Rand. But, you know, the reason I didn't comment on, like, what Dwight's saying, I, I like that club. I like the people Have there. Have you been? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there for... It's only been <clears> a couple of years. Yeah, I, I um... I think You're last, not even, like, a year and a half. I think last time I was there was Big J. Oh, that's rules. So, go on about E6. My bad. We, uh, we uh, went uh, on the tangent. Uh, the guy was just... All of the ways a 21-year-old can be awful when they got famous at 19... Or twenty, probably three or four year old at this point. Oh, so he's just a twenty one year old dick bag. He's probably twenty four at this point. I, 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 oh, so he's a twenty four year old dick bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He's a kid who got famous really young, and so I tried not to take it to, but literally it was the same opening sentence multiple times, and it's like, hey, you know, we just met <laughs> like forty five minutes ago. Me and you had. A conversation, and you started with this same sentence, and it happened probably three times throughout the night. Whereas, like, you know, none of us were over like nineteen. We recorded that first album, and I mean, <clears throat> it went double platinum or whatever. But like, yeah, because you caught a wave of a genre of like nineties alt rock. Well, whatever. That album was good. It was. It was good. Yeah, like, sure. I'm not, I'm not gonna shit that. on him, it, it, but it just he was awful. Yeah. He he's let also the fame get to his head. Well, he's also like you know a ginger kid from a small town that was nobody, and then all of a sudden was you know the man in whatever groups he was or whatever circles he was in. So I, I tried not to blame him too much, but yeah, after seeing how he went towards some of the females that were there, I was was he I like was, trying to like schmooze his way into their vaginas? Yeah, it was almost like uh, he went at it almost like. Hey, you know, you should be ready to fuck. He's the kind of, I bet he's the kind of guy that like tries to fuck after every show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so many of those fucking dirtbags. And I was going to get to, um, is that pretty much the story? Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the rest of the guys were actually really pretty cool. You see that a lot where like the singer's like this, like he's the star, he's the spotlight. It's a lot like I'm gonna. It's a football podcast. It's a lot like an NFL team because we we go through rosters constantly. You see like these quarterbacks like like with the, this week you got Carson Wentz. I don't see anything pretentious about him. He's just a guy. He's just a guy who throws a football. But ev- almost every time another ginger who was nobody and then yeah gets to feel important. But then the the offensive linemen are all like normal dudes. I'll tell you what. Of all the football players I've met. College pro, up to and including my buddy Thomas. D-line guys seem to be the most... Like, hey, what's up? Yeah, like, not like, oh, I'm a football player. They're just like, hey, here's... Like, they'll talk to you like a person more than... I remember I met Andy Dalton uh, in 2013. He went to Crossroads for a Christmas show. And, like, 
He was just the most approachable. I hit my microphone. He's like a the most approachable dude. Super nice. Just went there with his wife. Like he was just didn't even care that he had the most standoutish hairstyle known to man. What's he just a, sat in the third row. Like I'm at Peco down at um, uh, Newport on Levy. Oh yeah. And uh, we were both at the movie theater. We both went to the bathroom at the same time. And he looked over like, he's a big boy or something. Whatever he said. <laughs> just, you know. We're... First of all, Domita Pecco, no small person. Either. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. But I was taller than him, and he commented on it. And then we just, by dumb luck, both happened to be at GameWorks after. And we were. I loved that place, man. <clears throat> we were right by each other for most of the night. And it was just like casual, cool. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you ran into somebody, like, oh, okay, this guy's all right. Like, while you're out at somewhere, like, game works. It, there was no pretension. There was no, I'm Donatop Paco. Like, yeah. <clears throat> he was just a dude there with his kids, and his kid and my kid were playing fucking skee-ball together. That rules! Like, and he was just, you know, he was just a, a dude that was there with everyone else. Yeah, like, um, I forget what I was going to say. But going back to the musician thing, I was going to talk about Ian Watkins from Lost Prophets. Yeah, please do, because I've always heard that that guy's awful, but I don't know why. He is worse than you realize. He is known as the worst, to me, the worst pedophile, not just in music, but ever. I did not know that. He he was a horrendous pedophile. We're going to get into some deep shit here. Um, Not us, personally. Like, we're just going to talk about it. Ian Watkins, to preface it, uh, two counts of trying to rape an infant? Yeah, your eyebrow raise is correct. Yeah, I I understand, man. Yeah, fuck all of that. Like, Dude, he was like... Because he was in the genre of, like, the Warp Tour kind of guys... Yeah. Where it's like you, your fan base is like thirteen, like to seventeen, and these girls are like they're going to be enamored with you, and Watkins is like the fucking terrible person he he is and was. It's going to be like, yeah, come back to my hotel room. We're going to do blow together, even though you're a child. I mean, he, you're fourteen, but it's you know it's the Midwest, so I guess I can't ask for younger <laughs> here. Your mom's cool with it, because like. <laughs> He would like her try mom's and, banging the bass player. Yeah, some like some uh, some of like Ian Watkins' crazy fans would like try and get their kids to have sex with Ian Watkins or something like that. His com- I remember his computer password was I fuck kids. Cool guy. Cool. Yeah, guy. he was the worst. <clears throat> the worst well, person imaginable. Added to the list of people if I ever see, I'll fuck them up on site. I've heard like he's in prison. Like he hid. Like he hid a cell phone in his butt, and he would like still try and groom people from prison. I think didn't Jared from Subway try the same shit? I maybe. I feel like he had some weird thing with hiding a cell phone, or yeah, like man, I couldn't imagine. First of all, who gives Ian Watkins lube in prison? It's like, all right, all right, time to go back in your butthole. Well, I mean, as much as. As much as someone like that strokes their own ego, he probably just has lube coming out of his hands. Yeah, because he was like, I because I read that people thought that Ian Watkins was like the most the, just the most pretentious dude, but the rest of the band was awesome. Right, I've always heard that, that dude was terrible, but I didn't know 
he was a miserable human being. He is in prison. I think his sentence was like 35 years. As he should yeah, be. Yeah, good. Fucking gross. God damn. I told you, man. I almost said R. Kelly, but like you said, <clears throat> R. Kelly was just... I watched that whole um, uh, what was Surviving R. Kelly documentary. Have you seen that yet? Yeah. Holy fuck. Uh, the, there's actually... Um, I don't know the name of it, but there's another video of someone where they're interviewing one of his security guys. Okay. And he talks about some of the shit that R. Kelly used to pull, like having women line up in a row and pull their pants down and bend over, and he would walk by and stick a finger or two into each until he found... Until he found what? Which one was the tightest. Are you fucking me right now? No. God damn, dude. That sucks. Like, you'd be like... And the, the security guard was like, I just couldn't believe how often people went along with it. He's like, when we just come backstage and he would say some crazy shit like that. And they would just be like, okay. He's like, every once in a while you'd see a girl like, fuck you, I'm out. And leave. And he's like, those were the, like, the ones you could be like, okay, there is... Like, the security guy was talking. He's like, that's the ones where you could be like, oh, there is some... Still some backbone to humanity. There's still some... Yeah, because he like, groomed Aaliyah. Right. Which, that whole Aaliyah thing was fucked. The fact that he wrote a song called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number for Aaliyah, who was like 14 or 15, 15 at the time, that is some grooming-ass shit. And what a just uh, unbelievably amazing talent that just... <clears throat> she She filmed a music video on an island... That music video, I watch it. It's, I mean, she's so fucking talented, but it's it's so haunting to watch. Yeah. Because, like, you know that after that, not only did Aaliyah die, but so did everyone in the music video. Yeah, wasn't she also in, uh, what, Queen of the Damned, or? I'm not sure, man. She was in one, yeah, she was in one of the, like, uh, um... <clears throat> interview with the Vampire sequels. And she was really, fu- like... She did a good job. Yeah, she was good. She was only, like, what, 21, 22? <clears throat> yeah, she was real young, but, like, if you watch her in that, she has a presence. She has a... Yeah. <clears throat> you can tell she was something different, and it sucks that, yeah, I would love to see her have a chance to really... To really, like, kind of like Left Eye in a way. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean... <clears throat> well, Left Eye kind of had a career... Like, yeah, she, I, she had the 90s with TLC, because TLC hasn't really done much. Right, but I don't know that Left Eye had, like, the talent. Like, I would like to see Aaliyah progress as an actress, as a yeah, writer, dude. as a... Like, uh, people that were around her said she was, like, super funny. Like, she was very that sharp rules, and quick. Because apparently, as one part of the R. Kelly documentary was, like, they were, like... There were, like, three girls on the tour bus with her. Or, three girls on the tour bus with R. Kelly, and, like, one girl walked in on Aaliyah and R. Kelly having sex. It, R. Like R. Kelly was like, like my age. Yeah, and then was Aaliyah late. was like a teenager. Yeah, he was like late twenties, and she was like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, it's fucked up. And then R. Kelly was like, age ain't nothing but a number. I mean, it's and pee it's ain't easy. nothing but water. It's the what? And pee ain't nothing but water. <laughs> a new Blake Hammond line: If Mountain Dew was pee, then Code Red would be super fucked up. <laughs> 
God damn it, he's too good. He's too fucking funny. Blake had this... Okay, so we're going to divert to some funny shit, but Blake had this new joke where it's like, um, I think of... I think some people think of the coronavirus the same way they they think of the female orgasm. Have you heard this one? I saw... Yeah. But it's like, I haven't seen it, so I guess it doesn't exist. Uh, that kid's just... He's next fucking level, man. He is so goddamn funny. Yeah. But he's like, I think, uh, I personally think of the coronavirus like the female orgasm, because I'm trying really hard not to give it to my grandma. <laughs> so fucking. That's fun. perfect. That's fucking. We talked perfect. about Blake so much on this podcast. Yeah, I, I don't care how much I talk about that dude. He is deserving of every bit of it. He's the funniest comic in Cincinnati. I hands down. So um, I was gonna, I talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Um, so I, my day job is I substitute teach. And I do my damnedest to try and not tell kids that I do stand-up. And even harder to not let them know he's a DJ. Yeah, I don't let that slip. I don't think I have. I think, actually, I think I I have once. I think I I have once. After what Lily did to you, I... Oh, she ripped me a new asshole. In front of, well, in front of Anakin and, uh, and Danny Ruffalo. That, like, fucking... Man, two... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Two insults with one Lloyd's daughter. Yeah, uh, she's she's sharp, bro. So anyway, um, I sh- like I was talking to some kids about Go Bananas, and I'll get to why in a second. But they were watching like I forget Jay Nog. I want to say his name was because he had a clip. And I'm like, I've I've bar- I barely know Jay Nog. Watch Blake Hammond instead. Oh yeah. And I showed him the the depression bit. Or it's measures the size of your penis with your ex-girlfriend's uh, new boyfriend's penis. Yeah. That's so fucking funny. Dude, he's... The whole bit, is, especially when he bleeds into, like, the Xander and the... He hates that joke. And I get why. But it's, it's fucking great. The first time I ever heard it was at the Thompson house. There were, like, four people in the room, and Blake just went all out. I was in tears. Yeah, the first time I heard it, I... I remember being... Like, I'm almost like taking a step back. Like, oh shit, this is this kid's better than a lot of people. It just there was no fat on that fucking joke from the first time I heard it to the last time I heard it. It's so, and it hasn't changed. It just he there's no fat. There's nothing you can take out of it. There's nothing you need to add to it. It's just funny, top to bottom. For all of the right and all of the wrong reasons. Exactly, dude. He's he should get something. If he moves, he'll be fine. He's he's just something else. I yeah. whatever. So anyway, I uh, so I, I, I talk about how I try not to tell kids that I saw uh, that I do stand up. I let it slip literally yesterday, and I'll explain why. Because it was like a bunch of seniors. They went to Anderson High School, and probably shouldn't have said the school, but so not real smart. There was a there was a kid wearing a, a hat yesterday. It said BLM, but under it said Biden likes minors. Lloyd's face is appropriate. Cool. So does Trump. Anyway, um. So they were talking about their they had the fantasy they had like a bunch of fantasy football players in the, in that room. But they said like the loser would have to do stand up. 
and which is common among like fantasy football people that, that lose fantasy football leagues. But I, uh, they were talking about how they would do Sam, but they're like, I don't think there's a comedy club in Cincinnati. And I had this moment where I heard that, and I just went on autopilot. I just went, my inner mantra at that time was, oh, no, you didn't. I just, <laughs> well, I love your laugh right there. Alex Chandler was inner Miss Pat. <laughs> Dude, I watched a couple of her, uh, uh, this is not happenings the other day. Dude, she is hilarious. She's, I've heard she's a lot as a person. Uh, she was super, super nice to me. I mean, she also nicknamed me Lunch. So, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Dude, but she she's was, a lot, man. Well, I mean. She has a story of how she met Jimmy Carter when she, when he went to McDonald's. She also has a, a bit about how she got her nipples shot off by her. Yeah, ex. that was one of her This Is Not Happenings. Yeah. She had a bit where she met Jimmy Carter at McDonald's. Because, uh, like, the Secret Service, like, let him in. And then she went, and I'm paraphrasing here because I have to. Brother, where the fuck I know you from? <laughs> yeah, it was not brother, but... Yeah, it was not brother. Yeah. Um, she's... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you want to watch something hilarious? Go back and watch the first time she's on Burt Kreischer's podcast. Oh, my God. Because she got what Burt was in seconds yes and had a field day with him yeah so anyway i i i digress totally but i, I kind of had this oh no you didn't moment and i just told them like everything i'm like go bananas in montgomery i know the guy to email i told him stories about like some bad comics i've seen i have i told you the worst comic i've ever seen no paul guyler was his name he went up at the Thompson house one night and said, all right, for the next five minutes, I'm going to do my jokes in a stewy voice. Gross. Oh, God, gross. <laughs> and Lloyd's, Lloyd's face was appropriate, and it was just a hack, terrible British accent. I already hate him. Because like... <laughs> one thing I always say is, I love watching terrible comedy. I don't know, like the Helensky show at Chameleon where, like, he used to convince people in the crowd to come up and do <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. Like, have you ever needed a, any more reason to love Helensky than just everything about him already? I love Mike Helensky. I, uh, him convincing people to come up and do stand-up at those shows at Chameleon were... I mean, it's some of the, the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, I love... I mean, there's a difference to me between, like, between a guy that isn't funny and a guy that thinks he is but really isn't. Yeah. The latter, I am sitting there... I mean, sometimes, like, I'm just, like, half paying attention. When it's that terrible, I am locked eyes with the performer. I love watching that shit. I remember Helensky looking at a dude like, if you say anything that gets a laugh other than quoting a movie, I'll be amazed. <laughs> and he said it with, he said it with utter disdain. Like, if you get a laugh off of anything other than trying to quote a movie, oh, I'll be so amazed. Good. And I remember sitting in the back of Chameleon, uh, right next to Ran and Amber Falter, and love them both. I was 
she's a fucking gem. And I Rams, love Amber one of my Holger best friends forever. She's one of the most lovable, huggable people you could ever meet. Just a gem of a person. Yeah, she's one of those people. Like when she's around, you feel like, is there like a curator here to make sure like this doesn't get messed up? Yeah, like she's just so cool, so funny. She's the so kind. Weird. She's the kind of person where. Every, and I, I feel this way about a few people, but, like, every time she walks into, like, my presence, this, holy shit, this is gonna sound like, marry me. But I, I feel this way about a lot of my friends. If she's, like, if we're in the same room, my mood is instantly better. Yeah, I, I think she's just, she's super funny, super, like, genuine, to the point where she gives a shit about Everyone she talks to, like it's yep. a, it's just a type of person I could never be. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yes. Like I feel like there should be a museum curator following her around, like <clears throat> to make sure you don't like break that Fabergé egg. Like, yes. Not that she's delicate or anything. I don't mean it in that way. I mean like <clears throat> like she's such a treat. You feel like it's yep. almost wrong that you're hanging out with her. Yeah, dude. Like, where you're like, I mean, are you sure you want to be around me? Me? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Because I remember I went to Shrunken Head one night. Like, the first time I ever went to Shrunken Head, she was like, she put pictures of me on her story like I was a big deal. I'm fucking not. I'm just a dipshit comic trying to tell dick jokes up there. But she acted like it was a big deal that I was there. And I'm like, I appreciate this so much. Yeah, she's a... God damn it, I, that girl's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. But I love... Not speaking of Amber Falter, speaking of terrible comedy, which is not Amber. She's very funny. She's really good. I, like I said, I love watching an awful comedian. Like, I went to uh, uh, Half Liter Barbecue in uh, Indianapolis on Monday, and, like, the second dude on stage brought, um, he had, he was a ventriloquist comedian. Oh, it gets worse. He brought on stage with him, like, a pair of googly eyes that he set on top of his fist and wasn't even trying to close his mouth as the puppet was talking. Did Cam have a stroke? <laughs> he about did, man. Like I This is how this is how weirdly empathetic I am. I felt genuinely bad <clears throat> for Cam who I haven't seen in forever. One of my favorite but people. Love him to death. But I know that he's He's usually involved with that show, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He was uh, kind of the one like setting up the equipment, and he was the last comic to go. I just feel like he had to be sitting there, like trying not to to, to physically stroke out. What is happening to my open mic? Yeah, that was I, the longest five minutes. And have you met David Brooks? Yeah, he followed that. Sorry. I'm like, because when I man. found out David was following that, I'm like, I cannot wait for this next, for this next fucking five minutes. You know who what I'd love to see follow that? Go ahead. Uh, either Fagenbush, <laughs> just on my own amusement, or um, Fagen, Luke Fagenbush is one of the most underrated comedians in Cincinnati. He absolutely. shuts up. He, I mean, like he's not like boastful, but he's very, very funny. Or Faust. <laughs> like in my head, in my head, I've already created like Faust following that. <laughs> 
because I don't know anyone who can just project disdain <laughs> the way he can. I love that. That's I mean that I just I just created that scenario for me personally in my own head, but how great would it have been if the next person up was Faust? Faust is really good at being angry. That's because he's really angry. Yes, he is. He's mastered what he's you like he is a method comedian. He's just unapologetically who he is, which I love. I love that. I'm on board 100%. Faust is so funny. I just, in my head, that's who I want to follow that. Because <laughs> Faust would make that his whole five minutes about that shit. Yeah. And it would have been great. Like, Oh my god. Maybe Blake could have followed that. Oh, Blake for sure could have. Just... There's nothing Blake can't do. But he wouldn't have been... Blake's too nice to have been mean in the way that, like, Faust would have. Because Blake is, like, super, like, encouraging towards young comedians, towards new comedians. Like, hey, that's a, like, that's a really good, like, because he runs the writing session. He's just a fucking nice person. Yes! And Faust isn't, which I don't think he would take any exception to me saying that. Faust is, like, he's a dick, but he's not a malicious dick. No, 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 he's not a mean, he's not a bad guy, he's not mean, he's... But he also isn't going to worry about your feelings before the funny. Yeah, yeah, dude. So that's why in my head I wanted him to follow. <laughs> Alright, so we just... Went on a real comedy yeah, thing. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I think, I mean, I mean, I do comedy. You're like one of the biggest non-comic comedy fans in the city. That's probably true. <laughs> Man, I miss, I miss doing comedy regularly so much. And I was talking to... Do you know Hannah Rushline up in yeah. Indy? I was talking, I fucking, again, she's she's kind of like a falter level, where she's like, super nice, super funny, um, and I I stayed with her. Very, like, very self-aware. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, that's a... Because she drank for a while, and then now that she's sober, she's like, oh, shit, this is how you should live your life. She... I disagree, but... I, I mean, you down a bottle of Sailor Jerry every episode. Right, but I... I'm also just human garbage. And... I mean, so am I, but I'm also fun human garbage. Right, I'm just angry human garbage. It's the <laughs> if you don't believe me, check out the episode of the Bastard Sermon. That... The Bastard Sermon, that's a plug. I want to yeah, do a uh, podcast sometime soon. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll, I'll send Cody. He'll... Cody Hucker is a fucking gem. Okay, I fuck with it. Uh, me and him actually just recorded something the other day of ideas for another podcast I'm I'm playing and he was nice enough to come over and just kind of hash it out for a little work bit. shit you know work out whatever even if, if what we recorded might not be a part of it <clears throat> he was nice enough to do that and then message me afterwards like oh that was really cathartic and fun and nice for me like he's just such a Cody is exactly who Cody is. Yep. And if you've never listened to the Bastard Sermon, they've had Blake on, they've had Jay Armstrong, they've had Rand, they've had... Jay is one of the first people I met when I started. <clears throat> and I will forever be grateful for that, man. But the Bastard Sermon is a, it is a really good podcast. Like, regardless of what you're into, there's a little bit of something in there for any... It's just a... It's just a Three guys that are really good friends <clears throat> that have guests on. And, I mean, it's everything from they've had, like, crazy conspiracy theory guys that they're basically no mocking. Shit. Like, 
like mocking the whole time to like Jeff. Oh, so how do you plug that to the conspiracy theorist? How do you be like, hey, we're going to talk about the conspiracy theories you believe in, but also we're going to mock you the whole time? Well, they just do it subtly enough that, like, they're all funny dudes. Like, none of them are comics, but they're all funny, funny-minded yeah. people. Yep. So, like, there's one where I was listening to a few weeks ago that <clears throat> they had this guy on, and he's just going deeper and deeper into every, like, David Icke conspiracy theory <laughs> nonsense you can get into. And they're so subtly mocking him, and he's just building off of it and rolling harder and harder on each. Oh, my God. It's it's fantastic. But they also will have on, like, you know, uh, uh, Danny Danny Gamble, I think is the guy's name. Is the artist, yeah, he's the artist. Does, Danny Gamble. Uh, you know, and, and be genuinely interested when he's explaining, like, oh, we did this mural here and this, that. They're just three... Three dudes that uh, get what they're doing with their podcast, and I really do enjoy it. Like, I, yeah, I was just on, and I made sure to make a million references to other episodes, so they knew, like, oh, I actually listened to your shit. Oh no, shit! You did your homework. <clears throat> oh yeah, I've listened to it just because I enjoyed it. Nice. Like I met Cody at a. Uh, he's a huge Stanhope fan, like me, and I'd seen him at a handful of Stanhope shows, and I was like, all right. I fuck with you. Yeah, it just and then I'd Does see. Does he know a lot here. of the Cincy stand ups or Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's had Blake on, he's had Ran on. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that, but like Um I don't know if I've ever met him though. You probably you'll probably recognize him if you see him. Oh, okay. Like he's been at enough enough comedy shows where you're probably like, Okay, I've seen this dude before. Because yeah, I knew you before we started doing this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, any, For a while too. If any comic in Cincy doesn't know me at this point, it's like, okay, you're <laughs> You're not trying to... Yeah. You're not trying to go to open mics. Yeah. I, uh, like, you you go to the open mics. We appreciate that. And I love them. I, Just us trying our new bullshit. I love hearing jokes develop. I love seeing it. And I think if more people gave that a chance, they would realize how fun it is. It's so raw, too. Well, I think it's just, there's something so gratifying about seeing a joke not work, and then six of Mike's later's kind of work, and then 12 yeah. later it's works. even more gratifying for me. But I think for an audience, there's there's something there that... Because if you see it like the first time, and then you see it like six times, like, oh, like there's new tags in there, or there's new timing in there. Yeah, it, it's... To me, it's fascinating, but I, I, I love stand-up. I, yes, as you should. It's the best thing in the world. I mean, football, I mean, it's a football podcast. We love stand-up comedy. And fighting. Yes, and fighting. Which, by the way... Oh, speaking of, this Saturday, one of the biggest UFC cards of the year. You should probably come watch it. Ooh, I might do that. I'm DJing a wedding on Saturday, I just found out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um... I won't get into too much detail. Like, I literally just found out about this, like, three hours ago. But um, a friend of the pod, uh, Kyle Jeffers' ex-girlfriend, hit me up. Um, literally randomly, because I got the message. I was like, oh, shit, what did I do? Just completely out of the blue. And she's like, hey, I need a DJ for a wedding. I was like, oh, thank God. I'm performing a wedding this weekend. Really? Yeah. What are you doing? A friend of mine's parents was... Oh, shit. Are you the 
Um, officiate? Are you officiating it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how widely spread it's supposed to be. That's why I'm. Yeah. Being mildly vague about it, but. but yeah, mine. The one I'm doing is just like. <clears throat> what from what I've heard, a couple hundred bucks is literally a last minute booking. So I'm like, I'll take, I'll take that. I need to pay rent. So I'm gonna meet with them probably tomorrow and probably go over shit. But yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And I'm trying to do more weddings because I've done one. I've done Billy DeVore's wedding, and the. Did you go to Billy's wedding? No, I was not invited. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just got a notification about um, Miami versus Jacksonville starting right now. It's Minshew versus Fitzpatrick. I have Devontae Parker playing on my fantasy team. I digress. But it was at the um, the Woodward downtown. Yeah, yeah. In OTR. And the venue said that in the three years that they've been booking weddings, because they're one of the most booked venues in Cincinnati, they said I was the best DJ they've ever had. Because I, I DJ in college bars. I, I, I DJ in bars. I, I fucking get the, de- I get the deal. I, I do stand-up. I do trivia. So I'm behind a microphone constantly, so I know how to do that. Well, I think anything you do, you're going to put real effort into. So, yeah, I would assume you're good at it. Thank you. I've also had people ask me if I'm funny as a DJ. You can be. You can, but it also... You run that risk of going, like, strip club DJ. I've seen strip club DJ... I mean, I've only been to strip clubs twice in my entire life. The The first time I ever went... We'll get back to this. This is a little tangent, but... I went to Diamonds and Date. My... my, my my boss took me after I went to went to Milano's one night, my Saturday night gig. But the DJ, at one point, he's like, come on, throw money at her. And I was like, oh, my Come God. on, guys. This girl's out here shaking it for you. Give her some love <laughs> in the form that. of singles, fives, <laughs> and tens. Let's see, the, let's see those wallets open up and the love explode on the stage. <laughs> Also, chicken wings, the back of the house right now. We have uh, we have garlic pepper and lemon habanero. Check them out, guys. I felt so bad that that dude was just like, "Come on, throw money at her!" Like that quote, like resonated with me so much. He's like, "I need a new Xbox, and that's my girlfriend." <laughs> I wanted to be my girlfriend so bad. I believe that she is my girlfriend. I remember the, the other one I went to was, uh, um, it was in Denver for a bachelor party. Gross. And um, some dudes would like throw like wads of cash, but sometimes a $1 bill would, would just like float down off the stage right to my side. I'm just like, here, here's my tip. Do something to my face. I've never been a big strip club guy. Me neither. But one of the, one of the most amusing things I've ever seen happen at a strip club uh, one of the guys who used to train with us, he looks like an action figure. <laughs> like, he is six foot three. No genitalia? 250. Unfortunately, no, that is not the case. <laughs> I, I wish I didn't know the answer to that, but <laughs> for sure not. There no. is yeah. some genitalia. Yeah, he's got a fucking water bottle hanging between But <clears throat> he was sitting in a, a, at a the edge of a strip club we were literally like killing time waiting for guys to get back from a, a jiu-jitsu tournament okay <clears throat> and the closest thing to there the closest bar to where we were was a strip club so like let's just get drinks like i wasn't there i actually went to pick one of the other people up and then i came back to grab those guys before we all went to the gym 
And when I get there, there's this, like, super thuggy, really tiny, skinny guy with, like, just all gold teeth with diamonds. And he's literally throwing wads of cash at the stage, but he's hammered. And at one point, he throws a wad, and it mostly misses. (laughs) And I won't say his name. My buddy just reached over and picked most of it up off the floor. He left, didn't he? He stuck it in his pocket, and then he went back to his little stack of singles. (laughs) (laughs) And you can tell the guy, like, everything in the the guy who threw the money, everything in him wanted to say something, but he was so horrified, just... (laughs) Because the guy that picked it up was a jiu-jitsu fighter. Well, actually, he was a a, a, a kickboxer, but he was... He could have kicked that guy's ass. He's a scary-looking person. Like, I'll say that. He's every bit of six foot three, 250 pounds, and, you know, he's got a 14-pack, whatever. Like, <laughs> he's built like a fucking superhero. He's like a V with legs. Built like a linebacker. No, he's built like a big linebacker. Oh, yeah. So, like a Ray Lewis. Yeah. Like, like if Ray Lewis was taller. <laughs> oh, my God. I, here's what I will say Lloyd the computer went out um, here's what I will say about strip clubs I think you might be able to attest to this I figured out this out on the first night that I ever went to one the people that go to strip clubs by themselves are exactly who you think they are so I have a couple of friends who are dancers okay and I remember one of the most concise things I ever heard someone say was the hardest part is pretending you're not creeped out by the person you've talked to 50 uh-huh. times. Uh-huh. So there's a, there'll be a guy there who you've had 50 interactions with because they're always there. And then they'll get a private dance or they'll engage you when you're not on the stage. And she's like, being pretending you're not creeped out by them is why they earn the money they earn. Yeah. Greg Giraldo used to have a bit about it. So, which fun, which not so fun fact, five days from now is the 10 year anniversary of when he died. I'm, I actually didn't know that, but, but that was one of the first times I really was like bummed out by a celebrity yeah, me, death. Me too, man. I, I never got to see him. I saw him once and killed. God damn it, dude. Of course he did. <clears throat> he just dismantled. But Geraldo had a bit where he's like, he, his, one of his friends was saying, like, yeah, I think that stripper's into me. He's like, yeah, that's her job! Yeah. That's why you throw money at her. Exactly. But, yeah, like, there was one, there's just, like, old dudes that have, like, some money, but not a ton. There was one dude, he was, like, kind of goth in a way. He had, like, just, like, he was losing his hair, but still had a ton of it. And had just, like, this sunken eyed look that just stuck with me. Like, I just went with my boss after, like... Because it was the only place that was open. But, yeah, the... Well, I, so, I worked for an electrical contractor at one point where... You, you went to a strip club? No. Or I, you did, like, you worked at a strip club? Well, we ended up doing it, but that's just because he went there every day, all day. Like, while we were working... We basically built Rookwood Commons while he lived at Deja Vu. Oh, that's, like, fucking a mile and a half from my house. Apartment. <clears throat> yeah, um... So, at 18, I was the... 
the lighting manager for Gap, Old Navy, Anthropology, Bed Bath and Beyond, GameStop. Oh, so the White People Emporium. Yeah, but like at eighteen, I got put in charge of the whole lighting crew. Yeah. Because the contractor I worked for, his main foreman left and took half the company with him. So he hired a bunch of us out of Diamond Oaks to be his new crew. Yep. And he was like, oh, well, you'll figure it out. And just would throw... Like, I'd be up to like 2 o'clock in the morning talking to architects. Like, can we do this? No? All right, what about this? How about All the shit he should have been doing. But instead he would just go to Deja Vu and put bumps of cocaine on his yeah you know, on his on his little the little uh bill thing they have the little yeah I had a I had a bit about the first I ever went I took a hundred dollars out of my savings account which is the most pathetic thing I've ever done Nana I spent your singles on hoochies <laughs> Because the bit was how, like, there was one night where I um, wanted to see boobs so badly that I delayed my retirement. <laughs> there, I like that. There was one day I was like, that was the only joke I thought of, but it was still a productive day. That's a damn good joke. Thank you. I, I kind of laughed out loud. And I'm like, yeah, I, I like that a lot. No, I remember uh, when we redid all the lights and, and Deja Vu because my old boss just lived there. We literally were in the room next to where all the girls, like, changed and got ready before they went out. So, we couldn't see them, but we could hear them. I cannot wait to hear this. And it was a mix of... There's a handful of girls that work there that were accomplishing a goal. Like, there's a handful of them, like, no, this is me paying for nursing school. And I am not going to be involved in all of your shit. And then there was just the trailer park daddy <laughs> issue <laughs> bonanza. That was the rest of them. Where like we'd be listening to them talk as they're you know getting in costume, quote unquote. And you would hear shit where you're like, this is exactly what I thought. <laughs> the locker room of a strip club would sound like. Yep. To the point where it was... My buddy Rich would go and, and like, hang out for a couple hours after we got off. I couldn't have got out of that fa- that place any faster. <laughs> like, the second we hit 5 p.m. or 7 p.m. or whatever our quitting time was, I was mad dash, like... <laughs> yeah, dude. 40-yard sprint to my fucking van to get out of there. I don't blame you. And it told me a lot about the guy I worked with, Rich, that he would hang around afterwards. Because I'm like, you heard what they were saying. I'm mortified for these poor people. Like, there's a girl who literally was talking about her parents used to lock lock her in a dog cage. Whoa. And I'm like, of course. Of course that's I love that just comes up in like, a strip club locker room. Dude, it, it literally hearing them, hearing them talk is we're, we're we're like you know running wires into a panel for the new lighting system that's going to be used. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> and it literally sounded like 
every everything you thought would be the worst of what strippers say in the background. It was all of that. Yeah. All the time. 100%. Like, it's on their sleeve. It's... It's just the way that... The way they were brought up, it was a fucked up way. Uh, Dude, it... It... It made it hard for me to... I don't know that I could ever go to a strip club now and enjoy it. So, in a sense, you're talking about the ones that make it a job versus the ones that make it a career. Right. Some of them, it's a way to achieve something. Yep. And those, you're like, good on you. I've literally talked to girls who have been like, I've considered stripping. And I think there's a uh, there's also an area in between of people who make it a career, but own it and are uh, are okay with how they're doing. Like yeah. And then there's the ones that just uh, there's the ones that just are like, God damn it, this is this is like they've achieved their end goal. No, they've just achieved the best that the world's willing to give them. That just sucks, man. Dude, it was... It, it, some of those were so fucking depressing. Yeah. And we're not shitting on sex work here. That's not... No, 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 no. Not at all. Like... If you want to have an OnlyFans... Which, by the way, I don't subscribe to any OnlyFans, and I'm not just saying that for, for salvage's sake, but, like, if you want to have an OnlyFans, fucking have an OnlyFans. Hell, I'll be on it. What's up? What? I've slept with an OnlyFans girl. It was kind of fun. Um... <clears throat> I'll edit that out, but <laughs> no, but no, I know strippers that are strippers because that's a profession they enjoy doing. They take an ownership of it. They are self-aware and and they know what they're doing and they know how to deal with the guys that like right. think that they have an actual shot. Well, but then there's the girls that it's just it's it's just the only thing. That was an option for them. Yeah. And that's rough. Yeah, that really sucks. Like, I feel like if I had not had that experience, I'd probably have a different view of strip clubs. Like, my respect level for... Like, I have a friend who's a a dancer. Uh, Mindy. Shout out. Shout out, Mindy. Uh, VA knows her. She does her job as a job... She knows what it is. She's aware. She's. She does it well. She's in an ownership role of that career. And I couldn't respect her anymore. Just as a human being, as a. <clears throat> Just an honest human being to have a conversation with. 100%. She's at the top of the list I could of any people I could think of to give you, like. Here's someone who's going to give you an honest conversation. She's yep. at the top of that list. And that I, rules. I think the absolute world of her. There's yep. zero judgment that that's what she does for a living. <clears throat> but I also remember hearing like one of those girls talk that was, there, uh, that was like, oh, you kind of just ruined me ever being able to enjoy this. Like, I think I know what you mean. She was so... <clears throat> So hearing her talk, you knew she was also hooking on the side, and there was a guy that was not her boyfriend that was in charge of all that, and she had a boyfriend, and wow, to where it was just like like I'd, I'd almost like want to sign one of my checks over, like just 
go to school, anything, whatever. Like, this is not... She had no ownership of it. It was all just happening to her. Yep. And the thought that that might be a thing made it hard for me to be able to enjoy strip clubs, even though I know people who really do do that as a profession and love what they do and take ownership of it. And I really would want to be there and support them in that. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, you found a way to do something that works for you in this world. and, and Like the guys I mean, that shit on sex workers. Yeah. That's such bullshit. I mean, they found a way to make money, and there is a market... There is a market for that. Especially during, like, COVID, because I didn't know about that. OnlyFans was a thing until, like, after COVID hit. And it's, like, there is a... There is a horny guy market out there. There, It's supply and demand. There's a demand for titties and kind of like personal interaction. And guys will throw money at women who will like give them that interaction that they so desperately need because they're so desperately and hopelessly single. And don't worry, you're not going to be that. <laughs> Post-COVID, post it'll like, things will, people are like, it's a lot right now, but I sound sad. I'm not. No, you're not. And you got pretty hair now. I do have pretty. I'm more, I'm in a ponytail right now. Pony Two nub. ponytail guys. Pony nub. Pony nub. Mine's in a, a bun because if I don't double and triple it up, it's down to my fucking waist. So <laughs> I say, if you grow it out a couple more years, you're gonna be like that. It's gonna be like crazy Christian lady length. If I get there, just. Don't ask. Just kill me. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm i considering making it where I can cut it up to like my chin level. Yep. So I don't have to go through the shitty wearing a hat all the time phase again. I'm at, I'm at that wearing a hat right now phase too because it's like all over the place. and <clears throat> I can't do it when I sub-teach because you can't wear a hat in school unless it says Biden likes minors apparently. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of just kill me. What the fuck happened last week? Let's get to the Bengals. Holy fuck. I mean, I mean, 0 oh 2. It's not the end of the world. I love that Baker Mayfield had one of the best games he's ever had. And every football pundit went, he's the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North. <laughs> I mean, granted, you got Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. Right, but I'm just saying that even Joe Burrow losing to Baker Mayfield wasn't enough. Wasn't enough to get the pundits to be like, oh no, Joe's better. Yeah, because Burrow um, threw 61 passes. That's nuts. And he looked good. He did look good. For, for a good percentage of it. Because, I mean, again, the line's been dog shit. For a while, like there are plays where Bobby Hart just gives up. Just get him the fuck out of there. I hate to say this, but like, what better option do we have? It was it's the same argument I have with Marvin Lewis no, no, no. firing Marvin Lewis. Go Here's on. It. Put Giovanni in and place the fucking Hart. It's got to be better. Here's here's he my. He is hot garbage. Like, when, like when another player on another team goes, oh, I think the Bengals have a Bobby Hart problem. <laughs> That's what Bosa said after playing this. They have a Bobby Hart problem. Yes, 
Insane offensive line problem. He's a Bobby Hart problem. He was a seventh round pick. He doesn't. There are plays where he just straight up gives up. Bose, like like the first week, Bose just ran around him. Second week happened with Miles Garrett. Well, right, but look when when Burrow's ran for the touchdown, Bobby Hart's the first one there, like grabbing him, like yeah, I fucked up real bad, and you still made it good. Like he didn't like Burrow followed uh, uh, Hopkins, didn't he? Yeah, for that uh, touchdown. Right, Trey Trey did great, but if you watch where Bobby Hart was, he. Ended up on his butt. <laughs> and then got up and ran to the end zone. Like, yeah, good job, buddy. Like, where Burrow should have been like, yeah, but you did awful. <laughs> you were not important to this play, and you still almost fucked it up. The one qualm I have with getting rid of, getting rid of Bobby Hart. Again, please, no. Please, no Bobby Hart. My, I have the same argument with getting rid of Bobby Hart that I did that I do with getting rid of Mar- I can't speak today. With getting rid of Marvin Lewis, if not him, who? Uh, uh, what's the tight end that's showing up? Uh, uh, sample. Sample. Fucking throw it. To, he, I mean, he's gonna be a tight end. I'll get to him later. But. I think, like I said, if you if you listen back, I watching footage, I was like, that kid's gonna be good. And I think sample was a second round pick. Right. The Bengals knew he was gonna be good. Because Zach Taylor, like, because he was thought of as kind of a reach. But Taylor was like, yeah, he fits into our system. And well, I mean, he was more of a blocking tight end in college just because they didn't use tight ends that way. Yeah. But when they worked him out, he's catching every fucking pass, blah, blah, blah. I think the kid's good. Yeah, and he will be good. At this point, fuck it. Put him in for heart. I don't care. Because, it, well, they have to put him in a tight end because Uzama's out for the year now. Uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, because he tore his Achilles, which, by the way, Burrow's first touchdown pass... That was a gorgeous throw. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. And Right to him. Just beautiful touch. Shows you what the Bengals could do. Here's, here's what's driving me nuts watching these games. When they go at the heavy packages and have two tight ends in there, Burrow has a second to throw the fucking ball. Yeah. When it's a one tight end set? They're, you know, you've got... You got T. Higgins trying to fucking block a, t- a defensive end. No! Stop it. You don't want your slot guy blocking? It's been driving me nuts every game. You want your. If at best, you want your slot guy blocking, like, a defensive back 10 yards down the field when Mixon's making a run or Geo's right. making a run. Right. That's. That's how generally you he do He throws that. that critical block that gets Mixon an extra 5, 10, or maybe. Goes to the house. But I don't... I don't like how Zach Taylor has shied away from the heavy package. I wish they still had, like, Ryan Hewitt. Where is he now? I don't know, but... The fact that they let that guy go is madness to me. Let's see where he's at. I will fact check that. He, uh... Like, a guy who can pick up fullback, tight end... Lineman, like that guy did so much. He's a free agent. Bring kinda him like, back. Kind of like a Kyle Uzcheck kind of guy. I think he's better. I really do. I think that that is one of the most underrated talents the Bengals have ever had. Was Ryan, Ryan Hewitt. Hewitt. Kind of like that X factor in a way. You let him run the ball, and he can run the ball. You let him catch the ball, he can catch the ball. You want him to block for somebody, he blocks. That dude did his job. Yep. 
there was like he's kind of like an everyman on the field. Like that's what Kyle Uzcheck is for the 49ers. Which try spelling that guy's name on the first try. Or I mean uh like a Graham, like Jimmy Graham. Jimmy he'll block when he has to. Kind of like not, he's not going to be able to run it from scrimmage. But if you give him a dump pass 6 yards out, he'll he'll make something out of it. Yeah, like get like the I was going to say like kind of a fullback kind of But if you have him run an end around, he knows how to block that. I think Hewitt was all of those things and just criminally underappreciated. I'll give him that. 2014 to 17, he was a Bengal. 2018, he was a Colt. And 2019, he was on the Titans practice squad. I just, I would like to see them. I hate that Uzama's out, but I would like to see them go. That way with your sample? Because they have, I think, Seathan Carter and one other guy. Yeah, Maybe but, Mason Shrek. I think you might be right, yeah. Um, but even if you have to grab somebody, go with more heavy packages. Give the give Burrow a fucking chance to... To throw. Or to mm. move, or do what, do what won him a Heisman Trophy. Right, uh, but your offensive line's not doing the job. It's clearly him, not. It's clearly a weakness. Right, give him the heavy packages more often. Give him the guys in there that can... You know, hold a defensive end as opposed to throwing a fucking receiver on it or having Geo block a fucking defensive end. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Geo's tiny. But he does, I mean, I'll give him credit. He does pretty good for what what he is. But I've always thought that Geo had longevity because the Bengals didn't overuse him. Do you know what would be great right now? It's like a Benson bat. Like a Benson. Cedric Benson? Yeah, like Rest a, in peace. A Cedric Benson type back right now that they could throw out where it didn't look like they're going heavy package, but a guy who could block. Like a Rudy Johnson? Rudy was a little too small. Yeah. Like, Rudy was more of a finesse. Like a, I mean, obviously not this level, but like a Jerome Bettis? Yeah, if you had like a bigger back, we could really use like a fullback or a halfback. Because the fullback is essentially not really a thing anymore. No, but right now with the with the offensive line as shaky as it is, god damn, we could use one. It's do you think it's the whole line or do you think that Bobby Hart is such a weak link that it's making the entire line look bad? I think there's a few guys on that line that are they better be saving whatever they're making this year. <laughs> like Billy Price yes. if he's playing. I you want to know a stat I read about? I was going to bring this up earlier. But you, want to know, you want to know a stat I read about Burrow in his game this game? Burrow threw more passes in week two than Jimmy Garoppolo did for the 49ers during their entire playoff run. Right, which. 61 passes is a lot to ask. Yeah, especially for your second game of your career because you're playing. You played down the entire game. But 61 passes. That's should a lot. Ne- it should never be asked. Which, by the way, 316 yards and three touchdowns, that's good. Yeah. That's a good stat line. Right. I, again, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows I've been like, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. <clears throat> that Browns game is the most impressed I've been with Burrow by a mile. And Which, by the way, I, I almost forgot about this. 
Did you see who tweeted about Joe Burrow during the Thursday night game? LeBron. LeBron fucking James. Did That's see, unreal. Did you see who went at LeBron James on Saturday? Who who what? There's a MMA fighter named Colby Covington who's like a, I might have seen this go on. <clears throat> Colby Covington is a 170-pound UFC fighter. Okay. He's a welterweight, and he beat Tyron Woodley in arguably Tyron's worst fight he's ever had. He threw, like, nine punches the entire fight. What a pussy. I mean, he's a guy who would murder both of us, just so we're clear. Yep. But in his post-fight, whatever, Colby goes at, and he was like, oh, that fucking weakling LeBron it's like he went on LeBron James in his, his post fight speech he's like you know you're 170 pounds right <laughs> and, and you're talking shit to a 6 foot 9 270 pound super athlete <laughs> he's like he wouldn't last 10 seconds in a cage with me bet he would you know they make weight classes for a reason like Colby. Mayweather versus Conor McGregor no, no, no. Not even the same. No, uh, no, no. I mean, like, in a way, like, Mayweather, like, you could last in the ring with me. No, what I'm saying is it's even more absurd. It'd be like if Tyson and McGregor. Yeah. Or right. Ali and McGregor. Well, like, Tyson outweighs McGregor by 50 pounds. Yeah. LeBron outweighs Colby Covington by 70 pounds. Yeah. And LeBron has, he's tall, has a wingspan. Right. I, again, I'm one of those people who, like, if you don't know how to fight, don't fight. Yep. I'm real big on that. But also, I'm not real hyped on jumping into any fight with a six foot nine super athlete. <laughs> yeah. Who is arguably the greatest basketball player ever. And also has been, you know, training with boxing with Tony Jeffries and shit for. I don't know, the past 10 years. Yep. He'll probably fuck you up. Yes, exactly. I was going to bring this up, too, about LeBron. Um, you, you know Tom Takar, obviously. He used to have this really funny joke where he would troll, like, um, online threads. Where he pretend to be, like, when LeBron played for the Heat. He's like, he would troll online threads being like, I'm a huge Heat fan. I love LeBron Jones. <sighs> oh, Tom Brady. Old Tom Brady, Tom Takar. I I'll never not be able to call him Tom Brady. I, I I'm because he introduced Takar now. When I first met him, literally the first time I met him was at Bruha. And he goes, "I'm Tom Takar, Tom Brady." And I went, "You're gonna have to <laughs> pick one of those. Like you're gonna have to reconcile this somewhere because you just said Tom, some name I don't know, and then Tom Brady." And I was like, I know who Tom Brady is, and you're not Tom Brady. Yeah, because you've met Tom Brady. I'm not, not that one, but the comic. Yeah. So, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So he had to, but it's it's just fascinating to me. Someone, I don't care how much you've trained or what you've done, you're talking shit to a six foot nine, two hundred seventy pound super athlete. Yep. He, he might be able to put a fight. Not might. He will. If you're 270 pounds and punch somebody, especially God. somebody who's been boxing for, even if it's only, in theory, for 10 years, 
he hits you, you're going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Colby, he's got three foot of reach on you. There is a player on the Eagles that got hit and put to sleep, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we probably should. Um, but no, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bengals because Mixon, uh, 16 carries for 46 yards. I think it's a problem with the O-line that he can't find room. He just straight up can't find room right now. I think he's running the way he was at the end of last season. Go for everyone, it. I'll elaborate. Every, everyone kind of knows when he's going to run, and yep. he's still doing well. Yep. He's earned his money. Whatever they paid him, that 54, what, he's earning Four it. Four years, 48. Okay, 48. He's earning it. Yep. Because last year he ran when everyone knew he was going to be running and still did well. That's that's kind of what, the way a Christian McCaffrey is. Right, and this year, again, not to pick on Zach Taylor t- too much, but when I know the play call before it happens, and I'm just a fat zookeeper <laughs> watching the game on you know CBS All Access, when I know where the run's going, when I can tell you what gap he's trying to hit, I assure you every defensive player in the NFL knows that better than me. Because they watch film, and right. they know, and they get it. Like when Romo calls something while he's – because there were plays like when Romo first started, he was like, run to the left. And CBS was like, hey, calm your shit, man. Well, like during the Browns, Browns game, you'd see him point over and be like, He's going B gap. You could hear it because there's no fans. You could hear the defensive. There were players. fans at the game, though. Well, okay. Limited capacity. You understand what I'm saying? Which, by, which, by the way, hear, a fight broke out. You could hear what was happening on the field. Because at one point, I remember one of the linebackers pointing over, like, "It's a B gap. It's a B gap." You heard it very clearly. They called what gap he was about to run through, and he for sure did. Got level. Yeah. God damn it. Here's what I will say about Burrow, though. Eight different receivers had receptions. That's, I mean, that shows, like, he's spreading the ball. He's got a rapport with his receivers. Boyd was the leader. 7-72 and a touchdown. That's a solid game. Yeah. And I, I, saw a lot of, I saw a lot of good. I did, too, especially with the offense. Um, the, my, I am a little concerned about A.J. Green, too. I, he doesn't look like. He doesn't look like it's the father time caught up with him so much as not playing for two years. Yeah, he hasn't played like a lot of games consistently since 2017. We're getting AJ Green again, but it's not to like because not only did he not play for the last years, but he also hasn't had training camp for this year. So right, like, man, he's, he's really got to readjust to like training and shit. Yeah, I, and to I, NFL speed. I'm not worried that that he won't get back to being AJ Green. Green will be fine. So we should probably yeah. Let's get into the Eagles. Defense first. Here's because I do want to get to the defense a little bit because the defense gave up 35 points. Not having Geno Atkins. Is really showing. Yeah. It's really, because, I mean, granted, you only gave up 16 to the Chargers, who very nearly beat the Chiefs. That was a great game that I watched. 
which I want to shout out my go-to fantasy kicker, Harrison Butker, who at the end of that game, um, with no time on the clock, um, made three straight 50-plus yard field goals at the end of that game. That was pretty crazy. The last two were from 58. Yep. The last two were from 58. Harrison Butker has been my go-to fantasy kicker. Lloyd has to pee, so I'll ramble for a little bit. I'm going to go through the injury report a little bit. Um, where is it? Here it is. Uh, Gino did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. This is coming up Friday. Mike Daniels, defensive tackle, did not practice uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Dunlap did not practice Thursday. Um, full practice today. Brandon Wilson did not practice Wednesday. Full practice Thursday. I'm a big fan of Brandon Wilson. That dude's one of the most underrated return men in the league. Took it to the house against the Ravens last year. I'm a fan of that guy and then some. Uh, Sean Williams, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Christian Covington, uh, full Wednesday and Thursday. He had a biceps injury. Logan Wilson, his his twiddly thumb. Wednesday and Thursday, uh, full practice. Again, Gino, it's a shoulder. Mike Daniels is his groin. Um... Dunlap was just resting. Brandon Wilson, it was personal. It was a personal reason. Sean Williams, it was his calf. And all that fun stuff. So, Lloyd, do you want to take down the Eagles? Let's do this shit. Let's fucking do this shit. I'm going to load my burns first. But, if you want to bet on how how well um, you think these burns are going to go, that was a reach. Um, where... I want to bet on how bad Alex is going to miss the segue. Oh, I almost forgot about the ad reads, too. But <clears throat> BetOnline.ag. BettingOnline.ag. It's not BettingOnline. BetOnline.ag. Yep, the wait is finally over because football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. And now, the dick-shaving part. Hmm. Lloyd, when's the last time you have shaved your balls? Uh, it's unfortunately been longer than it. <laughs> I need to get around to that, man. Because again, like, COVID's, I mean, it, I mean, it's still pretty quarantined. And like, people are still like trying to either prevent them. People are like not trying to get with me and are using COVID as an excuse. It's like, it's not you. It's 19. It's, it's not you. It's COVID-19. It's not you. It's the pandemic. Yep. You. Um, but 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, such as technical difficulties during a podcast. Um, but there's one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. Like, I, I, we gotta use Manscaped, man, because I'm tired. Because, like, the, when we used to do the ad reads for Manscaped, like, last year, it was, like, using that same old razor that you do on your face, that you use on your balls, and I would use the Cleveland Brown Boys. Oh, that's nasty. It is! I'm still waiting for uh, our free samples for having them as, as a sponsor. 
they just give us the platform to do this, and we appreciate it. No, no, no. I, I definitely do appreciate that. Please don't take that. Shout as out Armchair All Americans. Yes, I, I'm just Andrew being Stevens. Silly. We love you, Andrew Stevens. We love you, Armchair All Americans. <laughs> We're going to advertise the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade, their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat. <clears throat> they also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit which is the perfect add-on to their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails, but not just regularly, in style. In style. In style. On their that was weird. <laughs> on their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that dreaded summer summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if you catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front truck. And now... Let's attack these eagles, man. Fuck these eagles. I, I, One of my favorite groups of people to make fun of is Philly Trash. So I get that a lot in this. Oh, I cannot wait. Because we are going to start with the mascot, um, Swoop. What do you got? <clears throat> a, uh, Swoop looks like his name should be Sweep. He's a janitor at a, at a middle school for <laughs> sure. Uh, Swoop's number is 00, zero which is in honor of the number of Eagles fans who leave games without DUIs. <laughs> um, I'm honestly surprised the Eagles mascot isn't a guy peeing on a porta potty. I figured the Eagles mascot would just be someone throwing a D cell battery at Santa Claus. Yeah, dude. God, Eagles fans. Because silly people are trash. Yep. I mean, you got Mike Trout, Bradley Cooper, and then the rest. <laughs> Annie Letterman, Big J, Kurt Metzger. Oh, I love all three of those. Kevin Hart. I like Kevin Hart. I do too. I'm just saying they're all Philly trash. Let's a hundred percent. Shane Gillis, straight Pennsylvania trash. Oh, I love that. Uh, <clears throat> the owner Jeffrey Lurie, who looks like John Gotti, probably does now. Looks like John Gotti Biden. <laughs> I love how we both had John Gotti burns. <clears throat> uh, he's a movie producer that has worked on such gems as Inside Job, I Love You to Death, V.I. Warshawski, Foxfire. Sweetheart Dance, A Place at the Table, Big Men, and Sergio. Much like his football team. You may have heard of one or two of them, but you would never go out of your way to watch them actually. <laughs> God, it's like, what? Man. Um, the GM, Howie Roseman. Do you have anything on Howie? Howie looks like the part of Brian Callen that's in trouble. <laughs> 
I said he looks like Drew Brees if he stood by his anti-Black Lives Matter comments. He looks like Drew Brees if he's one of the Manning kids. <laughs> I think I kind of made that parallel, too. Coaching. We're going to go to their head coach, Doug Peterson. What do you got? Doug Peterson looks like a villain from a late 80s James Wood movie. <laughs> <laughs> like in the movie, he plays Doug Peterson. The neighborhood pedophile that his worst crime in the actual movie is that he borrowed someone's lawnmower and didn't give it back. (laughs) Man, Eagles head coach and Rob Riggle impersonator Doug Peterson was a... (laughs) uh, He was a backup quarterback in his days and even backed up Brett Favre, which means Peterson would step in at a moment's notice and send a dick pic to a sideline reporter if Brett Favre's dick ever didn't work. Which is usually... But for real, though, when did Pete Holmes' dad start working in football? I literally had a Pete Holmes reference, and I'm just going <clears> to... <throat> go for it. Uh, he looks like the guy who taught Pete Holmes how to be a youth pastor before he decided to be a comic. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact about Doug Peterson. He went to... Um, there's an event in Cincinnati at the Crossroads Church called the Super Bowl of Preaching. And he showed up at it, like, last year. He looks like he should have showed up at Jared's defense trial. <laughs> I was actually going like, to... Pedersen should just be Peterson. He looks like... There's no way you would let this kid, guy watch your kids. Oh, not at all. He literally has ped, pedo in his name. I mean, it's like, the letters are kind of spaced out, but... Yeah, uh, one letter off and he is exactly what he looks like. I was going to say... Um, the the pastor that does that, um, his daughter used to come to my karaoke gigs at Uncle Woody's all the time, and my fr- and Zach Wyckoff, dear friend of the pod, was like, "What was she like?" And I was like, "Somebody that goes to something called Uncle Woody's." Yeah, and I was like, "Uncle Woody's touchy basement." It's a very gross basement, but I used to, I was like, because Wyckoff was like, "What was she like?" And I was like, "Oh, that's right." I used to yell at the pastor's daughter for dancing on the tables. What's she like? Someone who has a video of her at eight year olds at eight years old in her underwear. <laughs> There's a video somewhere of that happening. Mariah was actually awesome. She was super nice. <clears throat> but Yeah, so is Joel Osteen. True. Shout out Joel Osteen and Mariah Tome. Awesome people. Quarterback. Uh, we are going to go to the quarterback, Eagles quarterback, and less handsome Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz. Uh, it's, good to see, it's good to see the youngest brother from Malcolm in the Middle is still staying busy. <laughs> good old Dewey. Like He's always smiling, and people always make comments about he's smiling, and I really do think it's that because when he's playing football for once in his life, he's not being mistaken for Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> That's very spot on. Um, this is one of the first burns I ever wrote for this show, because I said when he was I, they did the last time the Bengals played the Eagles was the live episode of Go Bananas when Stone and Sam did the podcast, and I said Carson Wentz was a rookie and he has to live up to the Eagles' quarterback legacy of dogfighting and Campbell soup commercials. <laughs> that's be- <coughs> that's better than I gave her credit for, just because I was worried I was going to cough a lot. But I don't know if you saw this. Last week, this is true, Carson Wentz was booed by crowd noise. <coughs> Carson Wentz always looks like he's happy that someone's not calling him a ginger at this 
But uh, Carson Wentz was booed by crowd noise last week. Not to be outdone, a cardboard cutout fan gave him the middle finger. All of the cardboard cutout fans in Philly are just a middle finger. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. And his backup, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to pull something up. What do you got? Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. This kid seems like he's trying his hardest to be cool. Yep. Like every video or picture you see of him, it's like Spike looking up to the other dog. Is that fun, Spike? Is that good? Is it? And it's too bad because he tried to sing in front of the whole. You know, he's actually a really good singer. Right. So uh, he he did a thing in front of the whole Philly yeah Eagles team where he sang and his own teammates booed him. And you could hear multiple people screaming, not even get the fuck, but just the fuck out of here, man. I was going to, go ahead. That, uh, no, that, like that was supposed to be his moment to shine with his team to be cool for a minute. Yep. And 90% of the team was just like, get the fuck out of here. Yep. Like, screamed at him and booed at him. Which, I mean, in a city where they threw batteries at Santa Claus, that seems fitting. But, but that was the team. Yeah. Booing him. The team. His teammates. He was like, you're our future. We're going to boo the future of the franchise should Carson Wentz not work out. Which he won't. Who knows? He won't. I was going to play a clip of like someone saying, like, oh, Jalen Hurst is actually really good, but I was going to play Victor Oladipo from the <laughs> Pacers. Which, by the way, Victor Oladipo, Pacers, fantastic singer. I don't know if you've ever heard him. but I haven't, but I also saw Jalen Hurts had like a clip where he... Uh... He was interacting with a fan who was autistic and was bullied by blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's right. I saw that. Shout out TMZ for all these things. If you want to know how big of a piece of shit Jalen Hurts' manager is, he's like, hey, we got that on video. You're going to look great. It kills the whole clip. Like, Jalen Hurts is being genuine with this poor kid that's been bullied, and he's like, hey, you got a whole team with you now. We're all on your team right now. Was this when he was at Oklahoma or Alabama? It's right after he got drafted. So he knew it was going to be an eagle. Yep. And he's like, you got everybody on your team right now, man. And Jalen Hurts' dog shit manager ruined the whole clip by being like, we got that on video. You're going to look great. What a dickhead. And it was so... Yeah. It ruined a good moment. Yeah. It was It was a genuine moment where Jalen Hurts, who has <clears throat> the personality of a... Actually, of, you of your water in. bottle. Yep. Like he's go go on Wikipedia. Find anything about Jalen Hurts other than stats. Because, I'll challenge you. Go ahead. Because Jalen Hurts, he's played for Alabama, Oklahoma, and now the <clears throat> Philadelphia Eagles. The holy trinity of racist fan bases. He knows all of the good trailer parks. <laughs> We're going to go to Miles Sanders. I have a question for you. What is it with running backs and their tiny heads? I I don't I, I think this guy might actually be a keyboard elf. <laughs> like every picture of him is looking up and smiling at another player on the team. <laughs> <clears throat> and he already has the weird small pointy ears. But there's a few pictures of him yeah. with a mask where it's pulling the ears even more pointy, and he straight up looks like 
he looks like this shitty legless knockoff <laughs> for Tyler Perry's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I was going to say, what is it with running backs and their tiny assets? If Miles Sanders has an ego, then his head makes it look like he's still hatching. <laughs> he, he looks like a tiny emu. <laughs> and we're going to go to his backup, Boston Scott, who looks like Odell Beckham if he liked women to poop on his everywhere. I said, Boston Scott has answered the question of what if LeBron took a shit on Odell's chest and it became a person? (laughs) You'd get a mediocre second string running back that kind of looks like them. Wide receiver. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey's ears are the only way an Eagles wide receiver will ever have points. Alshon Jeffries looks like if Martin Lawrence hadn't gone crazy and was now playing a role as a football player. (laughs) He looks like he's still mad about feminine hygiene products. That is a deep cut reference for you. That is. Uh, uh, Alshon Jeffries looks like the only places he gets food have bulletproof windshields. (laughs) Alshon Jeffrey. Then we're going to go to Jalen Rieger. Who has a nose that uh, that's about as big as Miles Sanders' head? <laughs> Jalen Rieger got so good at avoid uh, avoiding being tackled because he's actually part gazelle or some other type of prey animal. Seriously, his eyes are almost on the side of his head. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I forgot to mention this, but that I said this team drafts unsuccessful wide receivers the way Patriots draft white guys. The Phillies draft unsuccessful wide receivers like Philly people start successful businesses. Exactly. Uh, third stringer and Jay Sean cosplayer, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. <clears throat> he was drafted in the second round because the team management knew nothing about him, but they thought with a name like that he would be good for some kind of diversity. Yeah, I will say he did have crazy good stats last week. Did you see this? 10 receptions, 169 yards, and a touchdown. How about that, right? Just kidding. Those are his career stats. Like, I'm not even making a joke. Those are literally his career stats. 10 receptions, 169 yards, and a touchdown. He looks like if Tim Meadows from Walk Hard played football. <laughs> Uh, and, oh, I'm excited to talk about this guy. Deshaun, fuck the Jews, Jackson. <sighs> Deshaun, Hitler used Jackson. <laughs> Putting out Hitler and Farrakhan quotes on Instagram. <clears throat> but luckily it was in Philly where people are just straight trash and wouldn't be bothered by something like that. I hate you so much. Here's my joke. Uh, Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson garnered controversy after sending out a fake Hitler quote on social media. Jackson later apologized and condemned Hitler, which was a devastating blow to an Eagles fan base that can't get enough of him. Deshaun Jackson failed miserably in Tampa, Florida. So the Eagles were like, that's exactly what we need. And then he showed up in the most Philly way possible. (laughs) By quoting By quoting Hitler. Can I talk about that for a little bit? Please That's, do. Please oh my do. god! Why would you, you like Hitler could say I love a Big Mac sandwich. You stop at Hitler. Yeah, he. No, no, not only Hitler, but Farrakhan. Back to back. 
It's like, hey, Stalin and Mao had some really good ideas. Like, <laughs> like it couldn't have been anywhere. It couldn't have been any more. You failed in Tampa, and Philly brought you back. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, he he was drunk driving in Tampa, left his truck on the side of a road, tried to blame it on someone else. Blah blah blah. All the shit he did in Tampa, and Philly's like, hey, we get we get what you're doing, bruh. I like it. Let's bring you back here. And he literally quoted Hitler. That's insane. I will say, he is like trying to educate himself, which he shouldn't have to. He's like, hey, everyone's on a general consensus that Hitler's the worst person who has ever existed. Yeah, It's pretty much a general consensus. I think over the next few years, we'll just get some Stalin quotes, some Mao quotes, some Pol Pot quotes. he'll, He'll get there eventually. Yeah, maybe some Donovan McNabb quotes here and there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Deshaun Jackson is is uh, he's every bit as tragic as the name Deshaun. I'm gonna say this, and I don't feel good about it, especially given the the Hitler quote. When Deshaun Jackson came out of college, I was horny for him. I wanted the Bengals to draft him. So badly. Was well, so he drop a pass on the two-yard line? Yeah, that's right. Drew McGarry said he dropped the ball with his Hitler quotes like he drops the ball before the end zone. <clears throat> he failed so bad that he became a Silver Linings Playbook reference. <laughs> but the Bengals drafted Jerome Simpson instead, who was known for one play. Also for his just freak athleticism. And he flipped into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Yep, I'll take Jerome Simpson. But I'll, I'll take Jerome S- Simpson over Hitler quotes. Well, you, well you're not going to be like, during the draft process, you're not going to be like, hey, uh, 13 years from now, who are you going to quote? Who are you going to quote? Mother Teresa? Good man. Not really, she was a piece of shit too, but whatever. Who are you going to quote? MLK? <clears throat> JFK? No, that'd, be a, that'd be a good answer, but... I'm still going with the... I'm, I'm going to defend the Jerome Simpson pick. Over the Sean Jackson. <clears throat> if you talk to both, I'm going to be like, this guy's probably not going to quote... Yeah. One of the worst humans ever. If not the worst. Before I forget, uh, here's another throwback burn. It was about a wide receiver. Uh, one of the first jokes I ever wrote uh, was about... I don't know if you remember him, Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fun fact, he's the NFL's all-time leader in uh, last names of receivers who are better than he is. <laughs> that's that's really my, good. That's, that's one that's, of my favorite that's jokes. very good. That's one of my favorite jokes I've ever written for the podcast, and it was uh, 2016. <coughs> and it made, Sam, it made Sam Evans laugh very hard. <coughs> Almost forgot about that. Now... Zach Ertz is the smallest big guy I've ever seen. <laughs> he's a big dude who carries himself like a little guy. <laughs> like he's always looking up like... He's always looking up to everyone around him like, I did good, right? And if you look at every picture of him, he looks sad. Like in this one. <laughs> and I've decided that's because despite his NFL career... He's really bummed out that he's not Chris Evans' stunt double. <laughs> Why is Zachary playing football? Because there is a Christian strip club somewhere that is really missing one of their bouncers. 
That was good. And his backup, Dallas <laughs> Goddard. You be the first one on this because I have a story that I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard. Dallas Goddard looks like the guy who was the best at throwing a football at Coachella. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> like, I don't know this guy, <clears throat> but I am certain he has a wicked Frisbee golf disc collection. I don't doubt that at all. So I'm going to show you this clip, but Dallas Goddard, this offseason, got fucking soccer punched in a bar in South Dakota. <clears throat> was it by a white girl with dreadlocks? It was not. Damn it. Did you see this clip? I did not, but... Holy fuck. I mean, like, it's unnecessary. It was brutal. I watched it 30 times today. Dude. <laughs> Press play. <laughs> Press play on that shit. <clears throat> did you see that sucker punch? <laughs> <laughs> he he definitely looks like a guy who is the second best fighter at Coachella. <laughs> the way, I mean, I hate to like say this like in this way. The way that guy just punch him in his neck snap back, I'm like, I can't not watch this. <laughs> also, if you guys hear me coughing, it's <clears throat> I took a drink during one of those jokes that I just said it's good afterwards. <laughs> It and I really, did, I really did laugh and just like inhale ramen coke down the wrong pipe. Oh, that sucks. So this should be a testament to the fact that one of Alex's jokes was better than I gave him credit for. <laughs> I just, uh, you know. Get it out of your system, dog. <clears throat> instead of laughing the way I should have, I decided to inhale ramen coke and... But Dallas Goddard got soccer punched in a, in a South Dakota bar this offseason. The last time I've seen Eagles beaten that badly was in every game they've played in this season. <laughs> yeah, but the man that made the punch, the man made the punch because, quote, I thought it was my wife. <laughs> Dallas Goddard looks like his name should be Love It Goddard. <laughs> he doesn't get to be that high of a city in Texas. What do you got? Jason Peters. <clears throat> Jason Peter- Peters looks like Kimbo all 12 slices. <laughs> With an orange slice to drink. And a slice of that pie over there. <laughs> Jason Peters looks like Kendrick Lamar Malade. <laughs> <clears throat> that one made me giggle today. He looks like if the, uh, the chocolate silk pie from Perkins started playing football. <clears throat> Uh, He looks like Kendrick Lamar If all of his strokes went viral He looks like Kendrick Kendrick Lamar If Rick Ross ate him (laughs) And on the other side We got Lane Johnson Do you have Lane Johnson? I do Lane Johnson looks like if my branch of the Johnsons Lived in Pennsylvania (laughs) LAUGHTER like, if he was born five years earlier, he would have a Godsmack tattoo of the sun <laughs> around his belly button. <clears throat> he would have the Godsmack tattoo, Godsmack sun tattooed around his belly button. Oh, my God. Because uh, a, f- a, f- a fan of the podcast, Bolent, is a huge Godsmack fan. 
<coughs> so I feel bad about that one. No, no, no. He's a huge, but, he's hey, a huge God's I'll fan. tell you what. If I'm wrong, send me an email. Tell me how much I'm wrong and how I'm wrong. Because I'm not. I have a cousin who could pass for him. <laughs> His last name is Johnson. If we were in Pennsylvania instead of Alabama or Ohio, that's us. Yep. Like, that guy can tell you the three best spots, three best spots to park your tractor trailer truck. Exactly. Uh, and uh, for the guard, Nate Herbig, who is awfully success, who is awfully successful for a guy who looks like he eats ice cream with his hands. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. I own a Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Nate Herbig looks like the type of dude who introduces himself as Nate Herbig. As in, like, her big old titties? (laughs) Yeah, high five! (laughs) Nate Herbig is the type of Philly trash that Shane Gillis would be if he wasn't funny. (laughs) We're going from Herbig... To hair big. <clears throat> all right, this is. I my think that's st- all I had on him. This is my stretch. Matt Pryor, as in prior attempts to have a personality, include big hair, even bigger hair, braided hair, Hawaiian shirt guy, this type of tattoo guy, <laughs> this other type of tattoo guy. <clears throat> Hell. I'm not convinced he's not Matt Pryor from the band The Get Up Kids. <laughs> Which is a reference that exactly two people will get that know who The Get Up Kids are. <laughs> One of those two will know that the lead singer of The Get Up Kids was named Matt Pryor as well. Really? Yes. What a coincidence. It was a joke so tailored to me. It's like, you're going to write it. No one's going to know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it's good. Look it up if you don't get it. Uh, and we didn't get to any of the defense, but we're going to get to this fucking guy, Jason Kelsey, former Cincinnati Bearcat. <laughs> Jason Kelsey's like a real-life ogre from the Nerds movies. <laughs> like, you know he doesn't call anyone by their real name. He just makes up a new name for everyone he meets. Yep. <clears throat> he, go on. He also only refers to women that are not white by their nationality. <laughs> like, oh, Puerto Rican ass girl. I got you. <laughs> Black booty. All right, what's up? <laughs> you don't do that too? Not the way he does. Uh, this geez. dude owns a Chiquita banana outfit. Man, that's a big banana. Jason Kelsey, that fucking costume he wore at the Super Bowl party. It looks that doesn't that just looks like Toad going to prom. <laughs> Jason Kelsey looks like his family made all of their money by Kmart inflatable pools. <laughs> and by his brother Travis Kelsey's contract. No no no. Even before that, if you see a trailer with a giant circle of dead grass in front of it, that's Kelsey Pools. But he made that speech at the... Did you see that speech he made at the Super Bowl? No, I've never listened to anything this fucking guy has said. It's basic... Okay, so... I'll sum it up for you. 
It was basically, I have a dream for people who drink Budweiser. <coughs> it was, I have a dream for people who drink Budweiser. <coughs> I tried to recover from my coughing fit in the middle of that, but I started coughing more because that was a good joke. Thank you. <coughs> and we did not it get... looks like Jordan or Jason Kelsey has given the... I have a dream speech at a Jordan Peterson rally. <laughs> uh, I have a dream that one day things will go back to the way they were in 1942. I have a dream that I will soon be able to beat my wife the way that a man in the 40s could. He could respect himself at the end of the day. Holy shit, Jason Kelsey. Just a... I mean, if... If the shame that Ethan Supley felt for being fat that has now motivated him to be a super cut giant person. Yep. If that if that negative feeling was a human being, it's Jason Kelsey. <laughs> predictions and bullshit. Again, we did not get to defense, so we're just gonna go right to predictions and bullshit. Lloyd, <laughs> what's your prediction this week? We got the Eagles this week, they're 0 and 2. Uh, my prediction is that the defense is going to break Carson Wentz in half. Okay. They're going to be so tired of seeing a ginger do anything behind the offensive line that they're going to play out all of their worst hurting Andy Dalton fantasies against Carson (laughs) Wentz, and he will not make it past eight minutes of the first quarter. I I totally am there, man. They're going to bring in Jalen Hurts. Who's going to sing his way to 300 passing yards? He's going to sing to the point where everyone else in Philly boos him. Even though there's no one in Philly there. Yeah. Like, you're going to hear the white trash trailer park boos from so far away that Big J. Oakerson. From Baltimore. That Big J. Oakerson will get a new special in Cincinnati. Uh, my prediction, um, Bengals 362, Eagles 10. That's higher than any other fans can count, man. Come on. Uh, player of the game, Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm going to say he's going to go 62 for 63 <coughs> for... 962 passing yards, uh, 20 touchdowns, 20 picks. <clears throat> Player of the game will be Drew Sample. Here is my non-jokey prediction of the week. My player to watch out for, and I have money on him this week, is Drew Sample. I agree. I am... Sold on this kid. I uh, I think if they <clears throat> use him the way he plays, that versus the Eagles half in half out defense, the way they've been playing. Yep, because they that, just got shelled by Tyler Higby last week right, for three they, touchdowns. They were doing that. Yeah, you know, the Browns. The Browns. Blitzed at the Bengals. The the Chargers didn't. Yep. So I'm going to show Lloyd this right now. 
I have a FanDuel team. Can you see who my tight end is? He's got Drew Sample. I for sure have Drew Sample. $4,800. Yep, $4,800. I think the budget's like 60 some. But, okay, so here's my logic. Uzama's out for the year. Burrow throws to his tight ends. Especially when they run the heavy packages that they should be using. Drew Sample is going to get receptions. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be the breakout player of this game. I 100% agree. And if I have... If that goes according to plan, I've also got, on that team, I've got Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins. If they all rack up points, I'm going to be a rich motherfucker. D-Hop's going to produce. Oh, yeah, because he's got Kyler Murray now, too. Because no, he's D-Hop. He's the best wide receiver of the last five years. Yeah. <clears throat> he's. I would, new easily, I would put him over Michael Thomas. I would say he's a new Megatron. Yes. Because here's <clears throat> the difference between... Here's what separates DeAndre Hopkins over Michael Thomas. DeAndre Hopkins is quarterback-proof. He's also solid on his routes. Yes. He doesn't and rely he on... he doesn't sp- drop... <clears throat> Anything. Wait, I'm saying he doesn't rely on speed to get a separation. He doesn't rely on raw athleticism to... He knows his routes. He knows your routes. He knows your protections. That's a guy who... D-Hop knows when you're zoning him. He knows when you're man-to-man. He knows... He knows his shit. He could quarterback a game. Like, why I say Drew... uh, DeAndre... I almost said Drew Sample. Why DeAndre Hopkins is quarterback proof? He put up stats with T.J. Yates under center. He could put up. He could put stats with anyone. He, he put up stats with Brian Hoyer. He runs like Chad Johnson did, but Chad smarter. was a crisp route runner in his right. days. I think D. Hop is a better route runner, <clears throat> only because he understands what the defense is doing. I he, think. I think. Chad had such incredibly clean routes because he was also physically gifted to do that. Yep. Whereas D-Hop has all of those physical gifts. He has just as much of a genetic freak as any other receiver. And he has crazy good hands. And the understanding to know why and what is happening around him. Yep. He's... Find a receiver that comes back to his quarterback as often as he does when the quarterback's scrambling. Find a receiver that extends a route on top of what's already expected of him. Well, it's going to help because Kyler is he's a he's a great scrambler. He's Kyler Murray is going to be the kind of guy he's on the field and everyone has to be aware of what he's doing because he's that freakish of an athlete. If you combine Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals are going to be fucking filthy. We're talking about the Eagles. Yes, we are talking about the Eagles and their kitchen sink of a receiver core. They have the ghost of Alshon Jeffrey. He's fine. Deshaun Jackson, anti-Semitic, but fine. Arcega Whiteside, if he gets a catch this week, I'll be surprised. And he has so two targets he. this whole year. So will he. And who the fuck was the other guy? Jalen Rieger. I don't know if he's hurt or not, but 
he might get a couple catches. And Greg Ward, who was a – we didn't get to him, but he was a kind of a sleeper. I put him on some FanDuel teams last year. He, He's solid. He might get a catch or two. He's Steven Smith without that. The what? He's Steven Smith without the ego. Greg Ward or Jeffrey? Yeah, Greg Ward. Okay. But, yeah, uh, realistic prediction. I know it's – we've been saying Bengals win. What's your prediction? I'm going to say um, Bengals 24, Eagles 17. I'm going to say – Given the offensive line struggles, I don't know if the Bengals can pull this off. I hope I eat my words. I'm going to say Bengals, or I'm going to say Eagles, 24, Bengals, 20. I hope I eat my words. But I'm not going to eat these words because we're almost at the two-hour mark. Lloyd, I think we only have one thing left to say. (coughs) Absolutely. Yep. Fuck you, Philadelphia Eagles. We like the Bengals. Wow, man. Fuck you. We like the Bengals.